He's working. Amen. Amen. If you'll open your Bibles with us tonight. Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Amen. I know uh know that there's the presence of the Lord in this house tonight. I'm excited to preach to you tonight. I will tell you up front, there is a challenging portion, but this is an encouraging word tonight. And I just want to obey the Lord and preach what He has for us to preach tonight. Amen. I know I look a little different tonight. But I told Sarah, just shave the rest, and I'll come in in sackcloth and ashes and declare a fast. I said, they'll love me for it, right? But no, I, I thank God for being in this house tonight. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Ezekiel chapter number 47, verse 1, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word tonight. Again, verse number 1, afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from, came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Turn to your neighbor and say, a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand. And he brought me through the waters. And the waters were to, my, to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand. And he brought me through the waters were to the loins or my stomach. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? And he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing. We ask, God, that that word would go forth in that anointing and touch hearts and lives and break and destroy yokes like the anointing can do. And God, we thank you and we praise you for your presence in this house. And we honor you tonight. And Lord, we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. 
You may be seated. I will tell you, you might want to stay open to that chapter. We're not done reading. Uh, We will come back here in a moment. But we see in this passage of Scripture that Ezekiel is engaged in a vision, the prophet Ezekiel, a vision where the Lord is revealing to him things. And we read that he is in this vision and he sees a massive river flowing out of the temple. It's truly an amazing encounter for a man to have. Ezekiel was caught up not only in the presence of God, but was seeing the glory of God and having an open vision. But I want to tonight for a moment, I want to relay and relate this portion of Scripture to where we are right now in this day, in this hour. The day and hour that we live in, we find many things going on in the spiritual world. Can you say amen? Amen. I'll tell you this, uh, we've seen great things happen in the last month and a half. We've seen souls saved, not only here, but uh, abroad. We've heard testimonies of miracles. We've seen what's happened on uh, campuses like Asbury and Cedarville and Lee. We've seen these things happen and taking place. We've seen great things happen, but I want you to understand uh, that where the Lord wants to break out, the enemy wants to break down. I want you to realize that you cannot one-two punch the enemy without him trying to throw punches back. I've never uh, been in any altercation. The only altercation I've ever been in was with my brother and cousins. But I've never been in an altercation where they just stood there, Brother Austin, and took it. They wanted to get their peace in. They wanted you to know that, hey, they weren't going to just sit there and take what you're doing to them. And I want you to know that the kingdom of darkness is no different. And I've said it before and I will say it again, but I feel that in the time that we are in, for the first time in generations, I believe the church of Jesus Christ is on offense. We've played defense long enough and trying to block from this attack and that attack and from this fiery arrow and this fiery dart. But now the church is on offense and they're using that, that, that shield of faith to push back on the enemy to make room for the sword of the Spirit to go forth and conquer adversaries and tear down strongholds. Can you say amen? But we see in this passage of Scripture, and the Lord began to deal with the, uh, this, this portion of Scripture with me about a week ago, a little over a week ago now. And we see that this prophet is seeing this massive river flowing out of the temple. And the Bible says that there is a man with a line in his hand, a measuring line in his hand. Uh, and he's measuring a thousand cubits. Uh, and the Bible says that he, that the, the man would lead or he would bring Ezekiel through the waters uh, a thousand cubits. And he said, now I'm, I'm to my ankles. Uh, and he would measure another thousand cubits. And the, the Bible says that the man would lead him through the water. And, and I want you to pay attention uh, that he leads him through the water because I want to get somewhere tonight uh, with that. But, but he comes to his knees and another thousand cubits and he's to his loins and another thousand cubits and he's underwater. He's in waters uh, that he has to tread, that he has to swim in. Uh, but the Lord began to deal with me, Sister Mary, about over a week ago. Uh, and he began to reveal to me uh, some things about the time and the season we find yourself in. And 
I'll tell you this. Uh, you, you can say this is prophetic, what, whatever you want. I'm not a prophet. Don't complain. Uh, don't don't, don't uh, say that I am uh, or proclaim to be. Uh, but I feel that the Lord wants us to be aware of where we are. And I want you to hear this tonight. The Lord began to tell me. Uh, Sister Brandy began to download into my life. And he began to say uh, that the church, my church in this nation, uh, is in the waiting. The waiting, W-A-D-I-N-G, the waiting. You say, okay, what does that mean? And what it means is that there is truly, what the Lord began to download in my spirit, is that there is truly a move of God going on, and there is truly a river flowing of His Spirit. And it's flowing through this nation. It's flowing not only on college campuses, but I believe and I refuse to not believe that it is flowing in Connersville, Indiana. It's flowing in other cities across this nation. And he says what the church has begun to do is they have begun like Ezekiel to wade into the waters. They have begun to take steps into the flow of the Spirit. But I want you to hear this tonight. The Lord began to say they're wading into the waters and they think they're experiencing something good. But Ezekiel got to the place where he was no longer wading but he was caught up in the overflow of God's Spirit. I want you to hear me tonight. We are only on the precipice of what God is wanting to do in this nation. Do in your children. Do in your family. Do in this city. Do in this nation. You hear me tonight. We are only waiting in His Spirit. But I know what is coming is a fullness, an overtaking, an overflow of His anointing and of His power. I want you to know this tonight, that we are not going back. We are not staying where we are, but we are going forward. We're going forward. But the Lord began to quicken me and, and challenge me. Uh, and he began to ask me a question, Brother Jason. What he began to say uh, is he says, if you are waiting, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, will you make a decision to go deeper? Hear me tonight. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 24 that Joshua comes to the people and says, you have a decision to make. Choose you this day which God or who will you serve. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 18 that the prophet Elijah stands up in the congregation of Israel and he says, listen, how long will you halt between two opinions? Jesus said it this way in the Gospels. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. There is a choice that you have to make. This is the challenging part. We're going to get good. We're going to get better. But this is the challenging part. Jesus goes further and he says, listen, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln didn't say that. Jesus said that. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Is the fact is, the Bible tells us again and again, there are choices that we have to make. And if you, 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 you can shout and we can hoot and we can holler, but the, at the end of the day, I want you to understand we're only waiting, but there's more for you. There's more for us. There's more for this church. There's more for this community. There's more for our children. There's more for our schools. God has more for us. But you have to make a decision. Will you go even further than you already are? 
See, here, here, here is the distinction. I read in this passage of Scripture, and Pastor, I never see where Ezekiel began to look to the left and look to the right. The Bible says that the man would measure a thousand cubits uh, and he would lead Ezekiel through the waters. It doesn't say, Brother Jason, uh, that he became distracted or he became fearful of what was going on. Uh, does it sound a little familiar? It sounds like Peter when he walked on the water. Uh, and the Bible says, uh, he said, Lord, bid me come to you. Uh, he steps out of the boat. He starts walking. Uh, but then uh, the waves and the crashes of thunder and lightning uh, begin to, to, to fill his heart with fear. He begins to look to the left. He began to look to the right and he began to sink. I want you to know this tonight that we don't read in Ezekiel's story here in his vision here where he becomes distracted. He just goes where God leads. I want you to know he just goes where God leads. So let me ask you even again if you're willing to go further that means you're going to have to be willing to be led. Him, you're going to have to pray for discernment. You're going to have to be spirit-led. He didn't become, become fearful. He didn't become distracted. Uh, but he just waded into the waters deeper and deeper and deeper. Never asked the question. Never said why. Uh, never said, well, 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 well Jesus, uh, we've been having all these good services. Uh, but, but, but this Sunday or, or last Sunday or this revival or, or this meeting that we had didn't go the way that we thought it should. Uh, I, I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, the Lord began to deal with me and what he began to say Gracie is he said stop putting your expectations on my move he said what what are you talking about because what began to happen, especially when Asbury broke out and these other colleges start to roll out, pastors even spoke about it. Men and women of God began to take a step back and look and say, well, maybe it's this and maybe God is moving this way and maybe God is, you say, what's wrong with that? The Lord said, he began to deal with me. He began to tell me, he said, listen, I know that you need to have discernment. I know that you need to have wisdom. He said, but when will you trust me and just get in? the river. Get in the flow. Stop standing back and saying, well, it might be this and it might be that. Well, we might shout one Sunday. We may have a solemn assembly one Sunday. The Holy Spirit may speak with tongues and interpretation, but the Holy Ghost may move and somebody may be healed. I want you to know it does not matter how it looks, how it feels. What matters is, is it the river of the Holy Ghost and if it is, you've got to stop waiting and start getting in to the overflow of the Holy Spirit. But he said, listen, my church is in the waiting. They're in the waiting. They're in the waiting. But you see, what's significant, what's, what's significant about the overflow is something truly powerful. Because we, we think, okay, revival, revival. Okay, this is great. This is great. We'll get the fullness of God. We get the fullness of His Spirit. This is this is going to be awesome, and it is awesome. And, and I want you to hear me. I, Leonard Ravenhill said something one time, stuck with me. He said, "Listen, the fire of God, the revival of God, is not for the world. It's for the church. And if the church experiences it, the world will experience the effects of it." I was like, oh man, that's powerful. I want you to hear me tonight that, that revival is for the church, but it's for a reason. 
It's not for us just to shout. I thank God for the shout. It's not just for us to run. I thank God for the run. It's not for us just to have a great worship team. I thank God for the worship team. It's not just so we have a good pastor. We have a great pastor. I thank God for that. It's not just so we can get excited and say, oh, God's doing something. But there are to be signs following them that believe. This move of God is not just to move us. It is to alter the way we live. It is to alter the way we function. It is to take you to places like Ezekiel in our text. It is to take you places that you've never been before. It is to take you deeper than you've ever gone. It is to alter the way you live. Why is it so important to get in the overflow? Why? If you go back to Ezekiel chapter 47, I'll tell you why it's important. We find in verse number 6 that he's brought out of the river and he's put back on the, the, the brink of the river or the bank of the river. Verse 7. If they could pull that up for me. Verse number 7. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river there were very many trees on one side and on the other. And then he said unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea which is being brought forth into the sea and the waters shall be healed and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth wherewithsoever the river shall come shall live and there shall be a very great multitude of fish turn to your neighbor and say fish turn to your other neighbor and say a lot of fish because these waters uh, shall come thither and for they shall be healed and everything shall live whether the river cometh. Wherever the river goes, uh, what it's saying, wherever the river goes, uh, there is going to be life. There is going to be healing. There is going to be a freshness take place. But I want you to catch verse number 10. And it shall come to pass. I'm going to preach for Brother Wade here for a moment. It shall come to pass that the fishers shall Stand upon it, stand upon it, from Enged, Engedi, and even unto Engalim, and they shall be a place, and they shall be a place to spread forth the nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of a great sea, exceedingly and many. You say, what does that have to do with anything? I, just bear with me. Turn to your neighbor. Say, bear with him. Why does it matter to get in the overflow? Thank you, Brother Randy Mullins. Why does it matter to get in the overflow? Because he said in this river, everything that touches this river begins to live. But I think it's interesting, Pastor, that he says that there will be a multitude of fish. What did Jesus tell the disciples that were fishing on the Sea of Galilee, what did he tell them? In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18, he says, I will make you what? Fishers of men. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter, chapter 13 and verse 47. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that shall 
be, that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Why does it matter that the church stops waiting but gets into the overflow? Is because what the prophet saw is that there were a multitude of fish that came about in that river and that there were men that came and began to cast their nets. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about your sons and your daughters. I'm talking about your grandchildren. I'm talking about your next door neighbor. They're the fish. Why does it matter that you get on fire? Why does it matter that you get in the overflow? It's because when the overflow begins to happen, the Bible says that is the perfect time to begin to fish. You go to Jesus' life. What happens is before he starts his ministry, he is baptized in a river. He is overtaken by the river. He goes into the wilderness. But when he comes out of the wilderness, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm here to save. I'm here to heal. I'm here to deliver. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people were baptized in the river of the Holy Ghost. And Peter stood up on that day and said, you must be born again. I want you to know what they were doing because they lived in the overflow. They began to cast out their nets. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Peter and the apostles casted their nets again. 5,000. The next awakening that took place in Jerusalem. I want you to know that this awakening may feel great in the church, but you can't believe the harvest that God is going to bring into houses of worship because people living in the overflow are going to begin to cast their nets. Come to the music tonight. Hear this preacher tonight. This is not over. Met with Brother Elijah last night. We was praying in this house. What he began to tell me, something simple. But Brother Wade, he said, I can't go back. I can't go back. What I've encountered, I, I can't go back from. Church, Ezekiel started to wade into the river. The Bible says he did he, the Bible never says anything that he looked back. Another thousand, he was led through the water. Another thousand, he was led through the water. Another thousand, he was led through the water. Once he got to the place, he said, then it became a river that I could not pass over. He said, why is that significant? The Lord began to just deal with me on that, that, little, that little phrase there, pass over. Could not pass over. Because here's the deal. When you're in the fullness of the Holy Spirit... There is nothing, there is nothing that can conquer it. So as we begin to wade into this river, hear me. Don't get caught in distractions. Don't come to church and say, well, I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. 
well, I don't want it to, I don't want it to be this. I don't stop worrying about what it looks like. Hear me. I'm gonna be as plain as I can be. Stop worrying about what it looks like. Is it gonna be this? Is it gonna be that? I want you to know the river doesn't have a denomination. The river doesn't have a denomination. The river doesn't know discrimination. The river, it doesn't say if it's hot or cold. All he says is, I went into it. And that's what Jesus is saying tonight. Get in it. Stop worrying about how it looks, how it sounds, what it's doing. Get in it. Lord, begin to deal with me through this passage of Scripture. It's just been a, the Lord dealing with me time and time again throughout the last week and a half. I want you to hear me. I'm going to make this clear. I was praying, and I, I'm not, the Lord did not say this house. But the Lord said that there are people in this nation that despise what is going on right now. And he began to tell me, Sister Katie, that there was, there was people that despised that it started in young people because they didn't deserve it. I'm just telling you what the Lord told me. You, can, you say, I'm not saying anybody in this house. But pastors talked about it. I've seen it. I've heard other pastors mention the naysayers that have all risen up and everyone that I can find is older or middle-aged. Well, well, these young, well, well. Hear me. The Lord began to deal with me and He said, that's the problem. So that's why generations before didn't experience revival. He said, because they thought they had to earn it. Brother Wade, you, we don't have to earn a gift. In the upper room... They weren't up there praying so they could earn it. They were just praying up there so they could receive it. God, you promised. Jesus, you promised. You say, why are you talking like this? Here's what I want you to know. Young person, old alike. Don't let the enemy try to tell you that you don't deserve this. Because here's the fact. We didn't deserve salvation, but Jesus gave it. And because Jesus gave it and you accepted the gift, here's the facts. He made you a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So don't believe the lie that, oh, you don't deserve it. You, you, other people are going to get touched, but you're not. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't listen to the lies of the enemy because here's the fact. Are we worthy? No. But through Jesus, we've been made worthy. Are we righteous? No. But through Christ, we've been made righteous. Are we perfect? No. Pastor talked about it Sunday. He's not calling us to be perfect. He's just calling us to wait. Wait, wait. So stand across the house tonight. Church, I thank God for the waiting. I thank God for what we're experiencing.
Pastors talked about this, talked about waves. He talked about it at the beginning of the year. And we see that even in this story, there was a progression that had to be made. And you know how his progression was made? Step by step. And here's the thing about waiting. You can look up the definition of waiting. It pretty much means to go through something difficult. Because how many knows as you get deeper in the water, it's more difficult to move. So that doesn't sound encouraging. No, but here's the fact. Is when you're wading into the rivers of the Holy Spirit, when you get into that overflow, it's not about you swimming. It's about you just being lost in it. Truly going with the flow. I thank God for the waiting, but I want the overflow. I want to see rivers run in deserts, dry places. I want to see life spring forth. And I want to see nets cast. And I want to see a harvest come in. So if you're here tonight, I'm just going to ask you to come to these altars. Everyone that will, you say, well, this message didn't really speak to me. Talk to God anyway. But I'm going to ask you to come for a time of prayer around these altars. And I just want you to say, God, I want more. I want to go deeper. I want to go further. I, I thank God for the waiting, but God, I want the overflow. I want the nets to be cast. So these altars are open tonight. Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.